Welcome to War Games. We will get you ready for your next sales opportunity. Are you looking to win the sales battle? You have joined the right team. Here on the War Games Group, we take the strategies and mindsets from the most successful salespeople and share it with you. With our help, you won't have to fail your way to the top. When it comes to crossing the minefield of sales, step in the footprints of those that crossed before you. Prepare yourself for boot camp and beyond. It's time for War Games to begin. Shall we play a game? War Gamers, happy Wednesday. Thanks for taking time to jump on. I'm going to grab a couple of VIPs, throw them up on the screen. As always, Mr. Brian Galki is here. Desmond is here as well. I muted you, Desmond, because we got an echo going from your computer. But so, guys, I want to say welcome. I want to talk today about what is the basic fundamentals of our group. Okay, the basic fundamental of this group is for sales. And I want to talk today about selling. And I think that should be somewhat refreshing because you're like, oh, we've got enough of our mindset and the attitude and the what I'm supposed to do. Now let's just put the rubber to the road and let's sell something today. So what I want to do with you guys as we sit here and go through, uh, I'm going to share my screen on a, a couple slides I put together. I wanted to make it something very simple. So you know when I say, if you're going to look in your sales process, the easiest thing to look for is four steps, like, listen, believe, and buy. That's what your prospect has to go through. They got to like you, to listen to you, to listen to you, to believe you. If they believe you, they can buy from you. So I want to go in the other way and say, from our side, what is it that we have to do to make sure that we know where we're going in the sales process? So I'm going to talk to you about the little road signs along the way that you need to be thinking of where you're going when it comes to selling, when you sit across the table from somebody. And I also want you guys to know that I'm going to jump back and say, how do we maximize our potential back in those three, three road signs that we're looking at? So I'm going to flip this up over here. Let's switch it out. Ooh, I'm just moving all over the place. Let's look over genius selling. Oh my gosh, Joe. It says genius selling and you're the genius. Oh my God, that's so amazing. All right, here's how it works. This is what I want you guys to understand. When it comes to you selling something, not making a deal is not the worst outcome of a sales meeting. And most people believe that is in fact what it is. And I'm gonna tell you, it's not. The worst outcome. The worst outcome is if you spend a ton of time with somebody and not make a deal. That's your worst outcome. If you walked in to sit down with someone, had a five-minute meeting, no sale, that's okay. But if you sat down with that same person that should have been a five-minute no sale and you spend 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half, and you think quantity over the quality then you realize you spent way too much time to put it together and then you walk away with no deal. Guys, time you're not going to get back. <clears throat> and so you're going to have to go back into that scenario and say, okay, well, how do I start this over again the right way? Here's our three markers, right? The road signs that we need to be looking for. When we're going to sit down with someone to sell them something, I know I need to gather info, 
I need to be able to relate to the individual, and then I need to be able to explain the strategy for implementation. So info, relate, and strategy. Those are the three markers that I've got to look at. So if you sit down with somebody, spend time with them, if you aren't asking questions and you're only answering questions, then you aren't collecting info, which means you're never going to get to that next step, which is relating to somebody. And then from relating, you have to be, if you can't relate with me, you can't give me the strategy for implementation or why it is you're the best thing. So this is what we're going to look at. <clears throat> As we put it here, the goal is to gain understanding of their current situation. So that's what you need to understand. When I sit down with somebody and I'm going to go across the, the table with them, Natalie, I saw it was on earlier. So we go across the kitchen table. Okay. If we're going to sit down with that individual, <clears throat> I want us to understand their current situation. There has to be a reason they're meeting with you. Now, I have some other things that are coming up where it's going to be industry specific that I'm going to give you examples for. But I want to come in and say, rapport comes from what? From me listening to what you're saying when I ask you a question and you give me the answer. So the goal can't be for you to listen to respond. The answer has to be for you to actively listen. Actively listen means you're listening for information that you will need later. You have to understand what is their key motivators? What is it that they're looking for? And you have to build this up for thinking of what's our next mile marker, relating. So you know you're on target if you start to be able to think to yourself, I could use these words and this to come back with them to recap that I can get their approval that I have been listening. Now, earlier in previous episodes, we talked about a feedback loop, which is where I go, well, what I heard you say was this. So that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about this person. I asked them, what are the things that they're facing? What is, what is it that made us get together today, right? And we start talking about what it is they're looking for, what pain points they have, what aspirations they may have, so that you can get a trajectory as to where they're going. So I want that to be the understanding for gathering information. And as you listen and ask a question that's based off of the information you just got, that's how you build rapport. Rapport is not anything magical where you sit down and go, if you ask them this, it will come on, okay? You don't have to sit down and say, oh my gosh, tell me about your dog, tell me about your grandkids, tell me about you know where you live for me to try to find common ground. Just assume there is rapport, ask information on what it is you're doing. What's the only thing you guys have in common? Their business and your product. So stay on that. Old school thinking, Brian will tell you, right? You walk into somebody's office, you look around the office, you see they got golf trophies up there. Guys, I don't know nothing about golf. I even suck at miniature golf. So I can't walk in there and go, oh my goodness. I mean, I can point at a club and say, that's a club. Okay, but when they go, you don't understand, this is a baby, blah, 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 I, I'm gone. They'll feel better for saying it and then realize it was wasted on someone who has no clue what they're talking about. And so that would detract from rapport. So I want to talk about why we're there. What is the reason we're there? What is coming up for them that they would need some kind of solution for? Okay, <clears throat> now we go to relating. How do I make it a relation? 
How do I relate this to the next step? So I need to utilize whatever information I've collected and then give it back to them and so they can understand that I get, I get it. I understand your pain point. I understand your focus. I understand the trajectory you're trying to go for. So when I can repeat it back to them to the point that they look at it and the favorite thing you want to hear is they go, yes, exactly. And they go, yeah, that's right. That's it. So when they say that, you've done that, and that's going to be the little marker that says, hey, go ahead on to number three, which is discuss the strategy for implementing the solution. Okay? If you can't recap it to them and give it back to them, then you've lost rapport, you've lost the ability to proceed, and this is what happens. You guys die right here because you half-ass listened in the beginning you said something to them. They're not on board. They never once said, that's exactly our situation. You're right. And then you go and you pitch. And you and go and I'm their words. go ahead and do this. And I need to give you this. And this is going to be the best thing ever. <laughs> and you're like, what are you talking about? You, they, they sit there. They listen to you. They go, uh-huh, uh-huh. And they leave. And you wonder why they never answer an email or a phone call again. Because they didn't feel that there was respect or rapport built for them to show you the respect back. So we got to do that. Now we come back up in strategy. <clears throat> what is the strategy is how do I explain the implementation of my product or service that's going to help with either their, their goal or to relieve their pain? And that's where you're going to sit down and say, well, let's talk about how long it would take me to get the, the, the thing set up and ready. Let's talk about this. And you begin the strategy session, which they will join in because they've already realized you are with them and you're on the way with them. And they go, you understood me, you get what the issue is and we're gonna move forward. It's much easier to discuss how small the investment is after you've laid out that I know exactly what you're doing. The biggest issue, guys, like for me, I just had a client, large dealer group um, in another state, and the person said, hey, Joe, um, I got referred to you. So I'm like, woo, referral. That's a good thing, okay, because those are going to close at a higher rate <clears throat> from this guy, and I want to know, how much do you charge? And I was like, okay. Now, a traditional sales trainer is going to jump in there and tell you, um, you know what? You have to now go build a whole bunch of value before you drop the bomb of how much you charge. So I sat back and I was like, if I do that, it's going to be now again, this is an automotive company. So again, what are they thinking? I'm just going to go play the same car guy games that I would. And I also stopped and realized and said, I've done this guy's job. I understand what he's looking for. So I came back and I go, standard rates are about two grand a day. You're probably looking at about 10 to 12 days needed up front. Plus, you're going to have the follow-up days as it goes on. But none of this is relevant if I can't make an impact in the department. So now we need to talk about this next step. The guy answered right away and said, okay, great. What information do you need to determine that? Because I just took price out of the way. If I had sat on that price, what would he have been doing the whole time? 
just sitting there waiting for the shoe to drop, right? He would have been sitting back going, oh my goodness, you guys, it's going to, it's, he's going to hit me with this big, huge thing afterwards, but I took it away. I just took it away at that point and said, this is where it is. If the guy can't afford that, do I really want to sit back and go through the whole process of everything? No. There's other people that go, what do you do for, for companies? That's a different question. I don't have to bring out the price gun for that. I can sit back and explain the value. And once I do that, they go, oh, that's something I would want. And we go through. But too busy. We're always so busy saying there's only one way to do things. And if you go out and look at every sales trainer out there, they go, you can only do things this way. And you're like, no, they tell you to only do it that way because the least you may do something consistently. And I will tell you that I've never met a customer who does things consistently the way I want them to. So if the customer can deviate back and forth, have you learned your craft well enough to deviate yourself? So if you look and say, we have 10 steps to a sale, my thing is, is there a reason you can't do step six before step three? Well, yeah, because it's not in that order. Oh, shut up. Right? Well, what if I'm at step six with the customer in their mind and they're like, step three is just useless information at this point. I'm already gone past it. So I need you guys to stop and understand the flexibility needs to be there. Okay. Now here's us getting ready to sell. So now this is you going into a meeting, getting ready to sell. So before we get to that part where, you know, I now have to collect info so that I can relate to them. So I can now design my strategy to give to them. Okay. The first thing I want you to do when you say, I have to go meet with this person, I have to sit down. I want you to expect a mess. Okay. What does that mean? It means too often the ego of us in sales is that it's going to be perfect right? It's just going to be perfect. And if that's the case, and it's going to be just perfect already, then you have an issue where when they don't act perfectly, you can't adjust. Because you're expecting perfection to go through and you're not ready. So this is Norbert. Thank you, Norbert. Get the price out of the way. There's no, no reason to argue with me. If you can't afford me, let's stop talking. Because what's going to happen? If I spend a whole bunch of time to not have a deal, that's the worst case scenario. Okay? So now I want to sit down. So I'm going to expect a mess. So what does that mean? It means you have to understand why do they have to think the way you do? Have you ever stopped and realized that's exactly what you expect to happen when you go to sell something? You expect them to think the way you do. Man, we're arrogant people. Thinking everybody's got to be thinking the same way we do. Do you remember there was a time you didn't think this way? <laughs> Something had to happen to cause you to think a certain way, right? To take one side of the aisle or the other that goes in. So what I'm trying to tell you is that the reason we have to expect a mess is because when I get in there, I have to, to actually uncover their biases and preconceptions. And when I'm listening to them and I'm going to have the intent or desire to understand why the, they feel the way they do, okay? I will tell you that you have to allow people to feel the way they do. 
Have we ever walked into a negotiation or to sit in a sales meeting and you already have people against you? And they automatically are like, uh-uh, I already know you're a sales guy. Oh, I already know this and that. Okay, that's where my next part's going to come up with you. But I, I want you to go in thinking things are not going to be perfect. And how well do you know your process, your product, your service, so that you can deviate during this time? And that you can become this because it should be a fluid motion. One of the best things about when I go in and train now, the feedback, the best part about the feedback is they go, it doesn't matter what we throw at you. You have an answer. I'm like, I've screwed it up way more times than you. That tells me I know what to say to get the right answer. And because I adapt all my style to the person sitting across from me, I'm already channeling what you're thinking. I'm already in your brain coming at you. But there's always going to be some kind of bias coming from the person across from you because I want your money and you don't want to spend it. I think the only time it's not, it's the um, the government. You know, They'll just spend money for anything. It's okay. <clears throat> they want to give you money. Yes. Ron Siegel, I was I was channeling you at the time where I said I was screwing up. I said, if I was Ron, I'd be admitting right now that I screwed up. So that's where it came from. But as we go on, the next part is let's get to the get ready. OK, the get ready. So now first thing I did was say, hey, I expected a mess. The second one is let's get ready. This means what? If you're going to go do an individual and you're going to meet with an individual, jump on social media and go look up that individual. You're going to meet with the company. You should be doing your research on the company itself. But not everything is going to come out of a Google search. Can you guys understand that? For one, we all know that shit slanted. Oh, let's get off of that. But um, the, the Google search isn't going to give you, this is how you should sell this person. Because it ultimately comes back down to what? Person versus person sitting down. You may have multiple people in a room that goes through. But I want you to stop and put yourself in their shoes. You need to stop and say, what is going to happen if I'm on the other side of the table? What's going to happen if I'm on the other side of this sales presentation? What am I thinking? And as soon as you can do that, you can now start to build... Okay, an actual platform of what they're doing. Do you guys understand that if I started this and said, <clears throat> I have a really great offer for you at the end of this video, you're going to be amazed at how much money you save. And I started it that way. This whole time I've been talking, what are you thinking about this whole time? That offer. What is he going to try to sell me later? What is he? Oh, dude, this is a, this is going to be a pitch fest. He's going to come back with something else, right? We're in a sales group. We are totally okay with people selling stuff. But when you start by telling them it's a sale at the end, and isn't that what they're expecting when you come in? They're expecting a transaction to happen because they know that's why you're coming there. So if that's the case, they already have a certain way of thinking. And if they have that way of thinking, I want you to sit back and be on their side and come up with what they're thinking. Now, over at the Black Swan group uh, with uh, Voss, him and his son, right? I, I love everything they teach. 
Okay. They have what they call an accusation audit. Okay. And it's the only time I've read a chapter like five times in the book. Okay. So Chris Voss did it. And then his son has his new book, which is uh, Ego Attitude Failure, I believe is what it is. I'll, I'll put a link in the in the comments later. But the book is phenomenal, but they're hostage negotiators and they go through all of these things. So imagine if you're a hostage negotiator, you now have to put yourself as the person doing what? Holding people hostage in your mind. Tyler Preston, welcome. When you do that, you're going to say what? I have to now put myself in there. What, what is the person on the other end of the, the phone? If I'm inside the building with the hostages, what are they going to try and do? Pretty sure they're going to try and talk me out of holding hostages. Pretty sure they're going to try and talk me into do this. But can you put yourself in that role so that you can understand what they're doing? And this is where this accusation audit becomes so vital to your success. The accusation audit is what is it? What is the negative perception that they have in their mind right now? Okay, so what is the negative perception that you have? So I came up with based on the different industries, right? And if I address that in the beginning, if I address that in the beginning, so if I told you guys, hey, there's going to be a special deal at the end, right? You're going to need to go in and you're going to you're going to be able to go, oh, my goodness, I can buy a whole bunch of stuff. It's going to be so amazing. And then I turn around, but I tell you, but look, you're also probably thinking, geez, Joe, can you just provide us some value? You don't have to sell us something every time. You may even be thinking, wow, do, do I have to buy something other than being part of the group? Okay. Is this always going to be a pitch fest? Now, as soon as I say all these things, if one of them is in your head, you now relax because I just addressed the one concern that you're going to hold on to the whole time. You're going to hold it the whole time we go through the presentation. So <clears throat> when it comes to cars, Tyler Preston is here. So when it comes to cars, Desmond, you're there too, right? What is it that people are afraid of? They're afraid of being taken advantage of. Some of them are worried about their ability to finance. Other people are worried about your lack of flexibility. Because you're on the car sales side or the buying side with Desmond. So if I start my accusation audit in the beginning and I say, I go, look, <clears throat> I know you're here to look at a vehicle or I know you're here to sell your vehicle and I could be anybody to you. You could be looking at me and saying, oh my goodness, all you're going to try and do is take as much money from me as possible. All you're going to try and do is rip me off to make sure that you make the most money possible. That I may be one of those people that is just trying to be self-serving. Or maybe I'm so inflexible that we're not gonna be able to come to a deal. These are all things that could be happening or could be in your mind. But what I wanted to talk about is what is the ultimate outcome at the end of this deal? My hopes is the ultimate income is, Desmond, I buy your vehicle. You feel you got a fair price. I feel I got a fair price. I can take that car and sell it to somebody else, and it becomes win, win, win. 
If I'm Tyler Preston, I can say, my hopes is you're going to get great service. You're going to get a vehicle. You're going to get a vehicle that you love at a price that you, you feel is fair. I feel it's fair to sell it that way. And everybody is happy. And the next person, friend or family member that you know that says they want a vehicle, you'd feel comfortable enough to say, go see Ty the car guy. And that's what I want you guys to understand. When I say that and then give them the explanation at the end, and then I can look at them and go, so why would you want to do business here? And I ask them a why question. So why would you want to do business today? And let them give you the answer. The second they give you an answer, they're bought in. They've already put all of those negative things to bed. And they go, well, because I really don't want this vehicle anymore. Or because my family doesn't fit in that other one. Okay, so that's the car guys one. If it comes to buying a house, what are they afraid of? Can I afford it? Okay, so they're thinking in their head, they will they will go get pre-approved and they'll meet with the realtor and they'll grab their realtor and they'll sit down and go, but can I afford this? I'm worried I'm going to get taken advantage of in the financing. I'm going to get taken advantage of in a whole bunch of other areas or I don't want to overspend or worse, I'm going to get somebody who doesn't relate to me, someone who doesn't understand what I want. And if you're on the realtor side of things, you'll realize the customer is the flakiest person you're going to deal with, right? I need four bedrooms, but can you show me this two bedroom condo? I thought you needed four bedrooms and a backyard for the kids. I do. Well, then why am I going to go show you this, right? You're never going to buy it. It doesn't make sense. But again, if I sat down with you and said, look, there's a lot of experiences that could happen in the real estate game. You may have been through them before. I know sometimes realtors never listen to the client. I know other realtors that have gone in and their answer was, let me sell you the house that's best for me as opposed to being the best for you. Okay. I'm going to tell you my outcome is to find the right house for you. The one that fits in your budget, that makes you feel comfortable, that you want to come home to every day, that you would also feel comfortable enough to refer me over. So my question would be, why would we want to talk about a house later or talk about getting a house together today? Why would we want to do that? And let them answer you. But I took away their ability to argue or hold on to the thing that you could be a snake. You could be this person. If it's insurance, you know what the number one reason why people don't don't deal with insurance companies is they don't realize why it's important. So I can sit back and talk to somebody may set up a meeting with you to discuss insurance. And you can start it and go, look, a lot of times when I sit down, some people view me as somebody just coming in trying to take their money because they don't even understand the importance of insurance. But that's why I'm here to make sure I can explain that. Okay. I also want to know that some people believe because I'm healthy, I don't need health insurance. Because I'm healthy, I don't need life insurance. Because I'm a good driver, I don't need auto insurance. But I can tell you these things because in their mind, they may have those. So as I'm saying it, right, or I say some people believe it's too expensive and it's a waste of money, right? You could be thinking all of these things, but I'm going to tell you that's not how I look. I'm not trying to break the bank so that you can't afford to have a life to afford life insurance. I'm not here to do that. If it comes down to training, 
So there's training people here, right? If you look and say with training, when I deal with the customers, I turn around and go, look, there's a couple things before we get started. There's a couple things we, uh, we have to look at. Like number one, you're going to ask yourself, you know, have I got the best deal? Okay. So I've already put out what's my standard rate versus what is your referral rate? So you can feel comfortable with that one. Right. I'm going to, you're going to say, is this going to benefit us? And then you're going to ask yourself, is this training going to last or is it going to be management by the month? Every month we come up with a new one. There's a new process and a new way. That's up to you. I do month to month agreements. And because I do month to month agreements, it means we decide every month if we continue. If you said, I want to make sure this sticks, then we can look at putting together a 12 month or even a six month agreement if you really want to make sure it sticks. But it's going to be up to you on if it sticks. How open are you going to be to my advice? How open are you going to be to when I come back and tell you this is what people are saying? And so all of a sudden, I've taken away from you the ability to hold the negative connotation in your head that's going to prevent you from hearing me and hearing anything that goes forward. Okay. The third thing is delivering that outcome potential, which I've already gone over, which is explain what the outcome is. You give them the outcome. So the insurance, I'm, I leave here knowing that your family is completely protected and you can rest easy should anything happen to you in the future, you know that you're taken care of, okay? You know that this vehicle will go find a new home and that you will have gotten a fair price for it. And I know I didn't overpay for it. So I think it's going to be win, win, win. But that outcome that you explain to the person is what's going to give them that direction. And then ask them, do you have any reason? So my next question to you would be, why would we continue this conversation? <clears throat> why would you want to sell me your vehicle today? Why would you want to buy a vehicle from me? If I just went through and dissolved every fear you had by acknowledging that you had it, listened to you while you talked about what you're looking for, repeated it back to you so that you can sit back and say, oh, guess what? I'm actually um, listening to you and I'm here to say this is a great thing. Is there any reason why we should not be moving forward? It'd be the same thing as reaching across the table going, can I check your pulse to see if you're still alive? Because you should be jumping across the table and so grateful. But this will make you money. This will put it together. If anybody has questions in the chat, type them in. <clears throat> besides Ron Siegel, who wants to know if he can touch his toes, why that matters. So <clears throat> my apologies. But if not, guys, we hit 230. Ooh, I'm so pumped. We hit right up on there. So <clears throat> with that, Des, any questions? You are muted. And Ron can't touch his toes, but let me see, Des, if I hit the button. Oh yeah, here we go. Here we go. Question, Monk. Uh, at what point? At what? Can you can you market that way too? Do you, do you have to wait for the conversation to bring up the accusation on it and the pain points, or can you market for that? 
No, the answer is um, stop right now and ask yourself, do you know what your prospects are scared of or what they would be thinking of you when they read an ad? Address it right away. <clears throat> so again, the goal is what? I need to put the picture in your head. This is what advertising is. <clears throat> I got to put the right picture in your head that I'm going to be the one that's the best choice for you. So if that's the case, tell me in your advertisement why you would be a better choice and what you shouldn't be afraid of. But you could turn around and say, right, um, you're going to put some people are just out to rip you off. That could literally be something on your ad because somebody's going, that's right. That's right. But they'll pay attention because that's exactly what they're feeling. Yep. Tired of getting phone calls on Craigslist offering you half of what you listed your vehicle for? <clears throat> Somebody's going to read that and go, oh, God, yes. Yeah. Right? And now all of a sudden, because you know my pain, because you know my pain, it puts you right back into it, right? It's if the, How do you build bonds with people? You build bonds by going through the same thing and feeling the same feelings. Anytime you've had a really bad boss <clears throat> that was a total jerk and everybody hated them, you're still friends with those people today because you have that whole, you know, dysfunctional family thing where you were like, oh my gosh, dad used to beat us. You're like, your dad used to be, well, it was a boss. He was just horrible. <laughs> So, Tyler, yes, that's what we do. But again, guys, all I'm saying is you already know because you not are only a salesperson, you are also a person who purchases. So what goes through your head when you're sitting across the table with somebody? So you already know it. You know, what, what does every other sales trainer tell you to do? Write down every objection you get. So you can practice your rebuttal. <laughs> I'm like, dude, seriously, <clears throat> I know what I'm going to get because it's the same stuff I'd give as an objection. Yesterday, I was talking with somebody and they're like, yeah, the person, um, I talked to the person over the phone. When I sent them a message, they said, no, definitely not. So I called them and they said, oh, but I'll think about it. So it's better if you call them. I said, no, it's not. I said, the person gave you the honest answer when they thought there was no retribution. In a message, I went, nope, not doing it. Then you call me and try to make me feel bad to go do it. And then I give you the, let me see what I can do. Mm -hmm. Right? Because why? I'm trying to salvage a relationship. But then the answer is, so there's still hope. No, there isn't. They're just not being as bold faced as they were before. They told you no, and then you turned it into a phone call from a message. You, you're not saving it. There's in no way did you just save that deal because of it. All you did was try to make them uncomfortable to take action, which means that's the weakest form of commitment. And even if they decided to work with you, it's going to be a horrible experience. Be weird. Yeah, it's going to be a bad survey. 
for all the people that play survey games. It's going to be a bad Yelp review, a bad Google review. Nobody can afford to have the social gun pointed to their head, right, of Google and Yelp. So just uh, keep track of everything you have. So, Des, I appreciate you jumping on, nephew of mine. We look alike, don't we? We do. <laughs> yes. Here we do. Ron said bad experiences still pay his bills. <laughs> I'm sure he could. <clears throat> I'm sure bad experiences do pay your bills. Unfortunately, it pays your bills that month and doesn't get you any other money to come in later. So, yeah. And remember, guys, because I do this as well, <clears throat> social media scores. People look at the social media ranking, but then they look and see how the business responds to the complaint. That carries more weight than the initial star. We all know you can go to Yelp to find Karens. There are a bunch of them, and one star isn't warranted because you waited 60 seconds before someone said hello. And when you read it and then you look and see the response from the business owner and you can see that they genuinely had remorse and went through, you can go, oh my goodness, that's great. I now understand that this is not a bad business. It's just that person. So everybody have a wonderful rest of your week. And we're going to go out with the same way we always do, which I'm going to tell you to what? Just go out and sell something. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks,